0: The Mitchell's Front Page podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Some concerning information has come out in Australia's annual overdose report, which has been released this morning. And on the line to talk to me about it, we've got Stephen McNally, who was the deputy CEO of the Pennington Institute. Stephen, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Thanks, Mitchell. How are you? Good, thank you. So the report's come out this morning. Can you talk us through what the actual process is of putting together the overdose report to get those statistics?
1: Yeah, Um it's. It has. It's it, as you said. It has come out today, which is thirty first of August, which is International Overdose Awareness Day, and um, it's a. It's a long process in that we um, we get the data from the ABS, Australian Bureau Statistics, and they in turn get the data from the the different jurisdictions, which is which comes from each of the coroners' offices in in each of the states and territories. And then there's a couple of years of um, of bending down those numbers uh, preliminary, and then and then they 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 finalise them after a couple of years. So we've got the the latest data that's available at a national level, which is the 2019, and then we we bring all that together and uh, do a bit of an analysis and have a look and, and try and get as um, as deep as we can with the data to sort of take it right down to the local level. So people in regional, rural Australia, as well as in the cities can get a bit of a sense of what's going on in regard to overdose and, and you know, what drugs are involved in, in overdoses as well and who's it, who, it, who it affects, age
0: and, you know, a whole range of different factors. So one of the headlines to come out of the report out this morning is that overdose deaths have increased by 25% in a decade. So back in 2009 compared to 2019, uh, gone up by 25%. Do we know why?
1: It's it's a combination of factors. There's uh, there's a lot more. There's stronger drugs around. We do know that within that period also that what's referred to as poly drug use, which is people taking a combination of drugs at one time, that uh, that increases people's risk of, of an overdose and a uh, fatal overdose. So that's happening a lot more. We do know also that um, that and that combination, as I was talking about, you know, opioids, uh, pain with pain medication production. The pharmaceutical pharmaceutical drugs, you've also got the benzodiazepines, pharmaceutical as well as you can, you can get them illicitly as well. Uh, and, you know, alcohol, stimulants, there's a whole range of different drugs and there's also new drugs that are, that are becoming available as well. So you put them all together uh, and that's, uh, um, that is a recipe for, for what, is, what is happening and um, it's, it's not slowing down.
0: You've mentioned that you've tried to determine which age groups and demographics this impacts. And it says here that for Australians in their 30s, overdose was the second most common cause of death in 2019, just behind suicide. And then in their 20s, it was the third leading cause of death. So is it that sort of 20s to 30s age group that's most targeted by this? You can put the forties in there as well. Actually, it's the twenties, thirties, and forties. We find that um, overdose deaths is, the, is it falls within the top
1: three causes of death. So, so it's right up there, um, and yeah, it is a. Um, it's been up there for a while um and it drops away as, get, as as people get older but that's only because there's other conditions that people are dying off at a higher rate which is what you would expect so so it it does it cuts across all the age groups we also know that um if you look at the number of people who are dying it's, it's 40 41% of people over the age of 50 um that's where most of the overdoses are actually happening in that in that age group so and that 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 tells us uh, a couple of things, and it's the, we really need to look a lot closer at the pharmaceutical drugs, the pharmaceutical opioids, and, the, um, and also the sleeping tablets, anti-anxiety tablets. They're, they're contributing. They're, they're ha- having a big impact.
0: So sadly, some of the overdose deaths were intentional, but it does seem that the vast majority, so about three quarters, were unintentional. Is that right? Yeah, that's
1: right. You're dealing with in 2019, 2,227 of what's classified as um, all drug deaths, but 1,644 get classified as uh, unintentional,
0: accidental deaths. So it's um, and that's yeah, you know, it's it's an extraordinary number. So what do we do about this? What's the response, and what would you like the response to be to these statistics which have come out this morning?
1: There's a number of things that we that we can do and that we should be doing, and the first one is that what we what we're calling for is that we need nationally we need a national overdose prevention strategy. You know we we had a we had a national um, heroin overdose strategy 20 years ago, um, and that's that's gone nowhere. Now it's sitting on the shelf, it's gathering dust, and since that time, 35,000 people have died of a, of an overdose. So we really need we need a strategy now because we're, we're dealing with a lot more drugs as well. We're not Different different types of drugs, as I said, the pharmaceutical, you have the stimulant drugs. So it's not just the heroin. So that's that's a really important thing. We also need to be, which is what today is all about, International Overdose Awareness Day. There's a lot of shame and stigma that's associated with drug use, and and with overdose. Uh, so we need to be we need to be talking a lot more about that. We need to be um, finding ways to have those conversations. GPs need to be having those, and other health professionals need to be having those conversations. With With patients, we need to be getting getting naloxone, which is a medicine that reverses an opioid-based overdose. You know, we have this medicine that can do this, that, that can reverse an overdose, and we need to get that out. A lot more. The the federal government is, um, they're trialling, they're they're running a a trial still in its third year and that trial for naloxone, it's being run in Western Australia, South Australia and New South Wales. You know, three years of doing that, it's time that that was done nationally. So, there's some really concrete things that we can and we should be doing nationally.
0: I think going forward, 2019 will end up becoming a very significant year because it was clearly the last year pre-COVID and COVID has changed just about every aspect of our lives. I'm just wondering if there's any early indications as to how COVID has impacted on overdoses.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it is very early, but we do know from other studies in regard to drug use and and COVID that um, supplies have been... Um, Disrupted. We do know that people are not getting the drugs that they they could have, or that they they were using in the past. So that's that means that people often are using different drugs. Um, people's level of tolerance is dropping because of that. That they can't, um, they can't use, they can't get hold of the drugs that they normally use. Um, this is I'm talking predominantly sort of the illegal. But also, you know, treatment, access to treatment, the number of beds that are open at the moment—all, um, you know, there's all—all all of these factors have been um, have been uh, increased because of COVID. So risks are risks are going up, and I think we're going to see that in in you know a couple of years' time when the data comes out, we are going to see a, an increase.
0: So the call to government is to have this national overdose strategy, but for the average people out there listening now that don't set any policies but just have impacts on their own lives, what's the message to them? How can they help with preventing overdose? There, it, is, it
1: is to have conversations if you are uh, with family friends to talk about it and um, and sort of acknowledge that that drug use is part of society but um, we do whether it's pharmaceutical drugs we 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 do consume a lot of a lot of drugs so we need to have those conversations we and also if you are taking medication have a cab a chat with your doctor and and just find out you know. How, how strong are these these drugs that I am taking? And you know, and and to be to be reassured, and also sort of think about what other drugs you are taking. If you are taking a strong or a painkiller, are you also taking uh, sleeping tablets or anti-anxiety or and also alcohol? You know, put that in the mix. So just to be to be aware of what you are what you are consuming, and also just to remember that you don't have to be addicted to to have an overdose. You know, that's, that, that, that connection is not, we really need to be aware of that, that uh, people do overdose, um, yeah, experience a drug overdose, even if they're, they're not addicted.
0: And the concern does seem to be the cocktail of drugs, as you mentioned, the fact that people are taking a lot of drugs together at the moment, it seems. Yeah, and that trend
1: has been increasing. And, and we're talking, you know, three, three or more, four or more, and even up to, you know, seven or eight different types of drugs. And 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 being mindful that some some drugs stay have a very long half life, so they stay in your system for up to you know a few days. Which is we do know that with some of the benzodiazepines have a very long half life. So so people are not aware of something that they've taken yesterday or the day before. It's still it's still active in your body. So that can also increase the chances of an overdose.
0: Well, I'd imagine you'd have a lot of interviews this morning talking about these findings. Thanks for giving us some of your time. Really appreciate it. No worries, Mitchell. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Stephen McNally with us here, the Deputy CEO of the Pennington Institute. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11.00.